The tour content from now through Lagwa Omer has been generously sponsored by Malki M. Thank you, Malki. June is less than a month away, which means that I'll soon be transitioning into summer writing mode with more Substack articles and fewer recorded shiurim. The bulk of these articles will remain free. However, if you would like to support my Torah and gain access to additional spicy written content, consider becoming a paid subscriber by going to rabbishneweis.substack.com and signing up today. Hello, I'm Rabbi Matt Schneeweiss, and this is the Stoic Jew Podcast, where we explore the relationship between Judaism and Stoicism. Today's episode is a bit experimental and was prompted by a question posted on Facebook by one of my friends who wrote, if you are, this is, he posted this on his own wall, if you are a fan of Stoicism, why? Now, I know that he knows that I have the Stoic Jew Podcast, so I replied merely with the the eyes emoji, which according to Dictionary.com means uh, the eyes emoji has been used as it mostly serves to draw attention to something the user wants to highlight, especially in situations that involve drama and interpersonal tension. Yeah, fine. So um, so I was basically trying to say, like, like, dude, like, I clearly do have something to say on this. So what gives? So he uh, I I then uh, he, he responded by saying, if you have something to say, then say it. Okay, he did that in gift form. And then I responded by saying. Like I have 263 answers, you know, <laughs> meaning that I have a whole podcast on this. So he said, do you have a post or a quick answer as to what makes you value stoicism and or how it augments or interacts with Judaism? Now, I my first reaction to that question was, was, what do you mean? That's like asking, like, why do I value Torah? You know, I mean, deal. like, in other words, trying to convey a whole lot in one sentence. But I'm always up for a challenge like that. And so I... Uh, I decided I, I was getting a haircut and I decided I'll think about this while I'm getting a haircut. What's the one sentence summary that I would, uh, one sentence uh, answer that I would give as to what makes me value stoicism or how it interacts with Judaism. So I came up with a weird sentence. Okay. And I'm going to have to explain this. Uh, I don't expect this to be a standalone sentence. I, my one sentence answer is I value stoicism because its teachings provide a Yiras Elohim workout, which makes me more fit as an Evid Hashem. Okay, so you'll notice that I used the, I didn't use the Hebrew word fear of God. I said Yeres Elohim, and I didn't say Yeres Hashem. I said Yeres Elohim. Okay, why? So uh, I'm working with Shlomo HaMelech's definition of, uh, of fear of God. Okay, and my favorite, he, 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 there are lots of Psukim in Mishle and Kohelas that talk about fear of God. My favorite one is at the end of chapter 15 in Mishle, Mishle Tesvav Lamed Gimel, that says, Yiras Hashem Musar Chachma Belifnei Kavod Anava. Fear of Hashem is the discipline of wisdom and before honor is humility. So that definition, I think that that's a definition, not a uh, 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 not just a statement about Yeres Hashem. The definition of Yeres Hashem, according to Shlomo, is discipline of wisdom. Now, what that means is that you know you could be disciplined by many things. You could be disciplined by your parents. You could be disciplined by the law. You could be disciplined by folly. But fear of Hashem is discipline of wisdom, where you are regulating your actions uh, and decisions and behaviors and and even uh, your 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 thoughts and emotions based on Chachma, based on wisdom. And wisdom here being the recognition that we live in a, a world governed by rash, the rational lawfulness uh, 
of the uh, designed and sustained by the creator, okay, uh, aka laws of nature. And the reason why I'm saying laws of nature, and this is really why I use the phrase Yeris Elohim, that's a reference to the final, second to the last pasuk in Kohelis, Kohelis 12, 13. The end of the matter when all is considered, fear God, fear Elohim, and keep his mitzvot because this is the entirety of man. So, again, I'm. this is a weird episode because I'm not going into and unpacking all of the premises. The whole point of the question was to... to to basically ask if I have like a soundbite answer. So I am giving a soundbite answer. Uh, there's a lot to elaborate on here. So pardon me for that. The the Ibn Ezra has something that he calls the Sod of Elohim, the secret of Elohim in Kohelis, which is the fact that Kohelis does not use the name of Hashem Yudke Vavke. It only uses the word Elohim. My basic understanding of that is that, that Kohelis is only addressing God in the framework of the the creator of the universe and the source of the laws of nature. It is not addressing Midas uh, you know, God's uh, uh, mode of mercy and Hashgacha Pratis and reward and punishment uh, in, in that framework. So so the reason why I my one sentence answer, I know this is kind of like a uh, 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 a uh, all over the place uh, uh, <laughs> response, but uh, bear with me while I, uh, I flesh this out. The reason why my one sentence response is, I value Stoicism because its teachings provide a Yuris Elohim workout, which makes me more fit as an Eved Hashem. What I mean by that is that Stoicism, the the, the area in which Stoicism, uh, which I find value in Stoicism, is that it helps me to develop Musar Chachma, the discipline of wisdom, Okay, uh, which is Shlomo's definition in Mishle of Yuris Hashem. However, Stoicism does not do this with Hashem. It does it with Elohim. In other words, I'm under no illusions that Stoicism, uh, that the Stoics share our view of God. And in fact, I, I've made the statement many times that I specifically go out of my way to avoid Stoic metaphysics. I mean, Stoicism is not just about ethics, it is also about metaphysics, but I ignore or overlook or shun really all teachings from Sto- Stoicism about metaphysics except insofar as it does overlap with Judaism, because I realize that that's not our idea of God, and I'm not really interested in what the Stoics believed in in, uh, in God. Um, so in other words, Stoics, the, the area in which there is an overlap is Stoics did hold that we live in a rationally, uh, a, a universe of rational lawfulness, uh, you know, laws of nature. And and that's what Judaism recognizes as Elohim, as God, as the source of Midas Adin and the laws of nature. So that's why I'm using the phrase Yiris Elohim. But through exercising, through doing this workout with Stoicism, I become more fit as an Eved Hashem, uh, as someone who can serve Hashem, God of uh, of 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 you know Avram Yitzchak Yaakov, you know God who gave the Torah. Okay. Now, the question, though, is how so? Okay, so uh, again, I'm trying to narrow this down, and the way I'm going to do it is I, I've narrowed it down to five areas of benefit that that I uh, find the most value in in Stoicism, even though there are more than five. But I think if push came to shove, everything I find valuable in Stoicism could be lumped under one of these five headings, okay? And what I'll do is for each one, I will read a passage from one of the Stoic thinkers and uh, explain how this helps my Judaism, okay? So let's see where this goes. This is not a scripted, well, my episodes are tend to not be scripted in general, but I don't know where this is going to go. So the five ways, I'll state all of them first, okay? Five ways are one, acceptance of reality, 
Two, distinguishing between what we can and can't control. Three, recognizing how much of our suffering is the result from our own decisions and thinking. Four, premeditatio malorum. And five, memento mori. Okay, so let's go through one at a time. Number one, acceptance of reality. So the passage that expresses this the clearest, I think, is the uh, is Epictetus in the Enchiridion, the handbook, chapter 8, very short chapter. Do not demand that things should happen just as you wish, but wish them to happen just as they do, and all will be well. Much of Stoicism is about accepting what we can't control. And, and if you want to quote the uh, the serenity prayer, God, give me the wisdom, grant me the uh, serenity. <laughs> I was trying to remember the words. Grant the serenity to accept the things I cannot control. What's the other part? The um, the courage to, sorry, the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. So this is the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, all right? And uh, and this is a big part of Stoicism, uh, and uh, recognizing how little is in our control, and being able to accept that and surrender to it, and be in line with it instead of uh, rebelling against it or resisting it. Clearly, this is a huge part of Judaism because this is so much a basis of our relationship with Hashem. And this is really the foundation of bitachon, of trust in Hashem and security in Hashem, is recognizing how much is not in our control and really is Hashem's will and being able to accept Hashem's will. So I find that extremely valuable. And because the Stoics talk about it in practical terms, that's why I'm calling this a workout, is that they give, uh, uh, you know, applications and and uh, and distilled teachings that in many ways I find more accessible than a lot of these treatments of the same thing in in Torah again it's it's a different study but uh uh I'm I'm not going to justify that here I'm just explaining okay number 2 distinguishing between what we can and can't control this I have many times said is if I had to pick one passage in all of the Stoic writings, which is the most important, it's this one. It's the opening paragraph or chapter of Epictetus's Enchiridion. On the one hand, there are things that are in our power, whereas other things are not in our power. In our power are opinion, impulse, desire, aversion, and in a word, whatever is our own doing. Things not in our power include our body, our possessions, our reputations, our status, and in a word, whatever is not our own doing. Now, things that are in our power are by nature free, unhindered, unimpeded, but things not in our power are weak, slavish, hindered, and belong to others. Remember, therefore, that when Whenever you suppose those things that are by nature slavish to be free, or those things that belong to others to be your own, you will be hindered, miserable, and distressed, and you will find fault with both God and men. If, however, you suppose to be yours only what is yours, and what belongs to another to belong to another, as indeed it does, no one will ever compel you, no one will hinder you, you will find fault with no one, reproach no one, nor act against your own will. You will have no enemies, and no one will harm you, for no harm can touch you. A lot there, but the idea is that the practice of Stoicism hinges on making the constant distinction between what is in our control and what is not in our control. And the same is true for Mishlei. For my favorite safer and study in Torah, uh, Mishlei decision-making demands that we constantly assess uh, what is in our control and what is not in our control. And again, have the serenity to accept the things we cannot control and the courage to change the things we can. Uh, that is all of Mishlei. And this is the foundation of Mishlei. Uh, where Shlomo HaMelech um, augments this is the Stoics did not really, to my knowledge, provide teachings with an eye to cultivate maximizing the the benefits you get out of this type of decision-making. They just talked about this foundation. Mishle, though, says, yeah, recognize what's in your control and what's not, and then here's how you make decisions to maximize success in the areas that are in your control, both in terms of physical success in this world, in terms of maximizing pleasure and minimizing pain, and also 
success as a truth-seeking intellect uh, or success in in the uh, keeping of Torah. Uh, that's the Meiri's uh, Nigle and Nister, the overt meaning of Mishle, which is like the silver casings, and the uh, internal esoteric meaning, which is like the apples of gold, uh, which is perfection of the soul. So uh, Stoicism helps work on that foundation, which can then make you a better Ebed Hashem in, in terms of your decision-making uh, and in terms of your uh, your practice of Torah. Number three, recognizing how much of our suffering is the result of our own decisions and thinking. Uh, this is expressed in Epictetus's Enchiridion chapter five. It is not circumstances themselves that trouble people, but their judgments about those circumstances. Therefore, whenever we are hindered or troubled or distressed, let us never blame others but ourselves, that is our own judgments. The uneducated person blames others for their failures. Those who have just begun to be instructed blame themselves. Those whose learning is complete blame neither others nor themselves. The teaching in Judaism that this is most uh, related to, I think, is the Rambam's exposition on the three types of evil. Um, this is in the Mor HaNebuchim. Uh, oh, I always forget, is this chapter, hold on just a second. Um, this is in the Mor HaNebuchim 3.12, question mark? Uh, I believe it's 3.12. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's 312. Yeah, that there are three different types of evil. There are, uh, and by say, when I say evil, I mean bad things, not moral evil. There are three types of Ra. One is Ra that comes about as a result of the fact that we are physical beings in a physical universe that is subject to entropy and to coming to being and passing away. The other is evils that we commit against each other, interpersonal evils, uh, as a result of our own free will. And then the third category, which is the largest, is harms that we cause to ourselves due to our decision-making and our faulty thinking. And the Stoics uh, help us to cope with all three areas. You know, there's a lot, in, in especially in Marcus Aurelius, that deals with how we view the nature of the physical world and our place in it. That's uh, raw number one. There is a lot in all the Stoic teachings about how to cope with being the victim of an interpersonal harm when someone else uses their own free will to harm us. Uh, and uh, and there's a whole lot about how we are responsible for our, our own suffering. And that's really the crux of Stoicism, that that the vast majority, really all of our harm and suffering comes from ourselves. Uh, and if you are annoyed by uh, or oppose uh, victim blaming, then don't read Stoic teachings because it's all your fault. <laughs> that is the message, um, uh, even when it's not your fault. Uh, okay, and then the last, oh, sorry, not the last, uh, the third uh, benefit I get from Stoicism. Oh, that was the third one. Yeah. Fourth one is premeditatio malorum, the premeditation of evils. Uh, thinking about what uh, bad things can happen to you before it happens as a way to guard yourself against it and to uh, to prepare yourself uh, mentally so that it diminishes the suffering. Uh, here we have Seneca's letter number 91. He says, what is looked, what is quite unlooked for is more crushing in its effect and unexpectedness adds to the weight of a disaster. This is a reason for ensuring that nothing ever takes us by surprise. We should project our thoughts ahead of us at every turn and have in mind every possible eventuality instead of only the usual course of events. Rehearse them in your mind. Exile, torture, war, shipwreck. All the terms of our human lot should be before our eyes. This is clearly, again, the, the basis of all of Mishle. This is Chazal in Masechus Tamid, Lama Bez Amad Aleph, Ezehu Chacham Haroyas Anolad, who is wise one who sees uh, what the future yields. This is Asher Adam Mafachet Tamid, uh, praiseworthy is, or happy is the person who is uh, uh, constantly in a state of cautious apprehension, um, etc. There, there are many, many teachings about this, but again, my focus is really on Mishle, of thinking about uh, Chacham being someone, Mishle Chacham being someone who, who makes decisions based on the future. 
And then the fifth one is memento mori, is remembering that you are mortal, remembering that you're going to die. Again, Stoic teachings are filled with this. I'll just pick meditations. Uh, Marcus really says meditations 2.11. You may leave this life at any moment. Have this possibility in your mind in all that you do or say or think. You have many teachings of Chazal about this of... You know, uh, uh, he's he, uh, I think that's what it says. Um, I think that's the phrase. I'm not reading it right now. Uh, think about, contemplate three things and you will not sin. Know from where you came, where you are going, and before whom you will give uh, uh, judgment and reckoning. Uh, where did you come from? From a putrid uh, drop. Um, where are you going to to a place of worms and maggots that's your that's your memento mori remember that you're going to die and then what we add in Judaism uh, which I don't think so have is uh, I think that's what it says in the Mishnah uh, that uh, before you're going to give reckoning before God and that is um, uh, that is uh, uh, another part of memento mori that we have which, uh, which the Stoics didn't and in fact that is the actual Final Pasuk in Kohelas. I know uh, it feels like the final Pasuk is Sof Tavar HaKol Nishma Es HaElokim Yirav Es Mitzvah Shemor Kizeh Kol HaAdam but then it goes on to say Ki Es Kol Masa HaElokim Yavi B'Mishpat Al Kol Nelam Im Tov V'Imra For every action God will bring you into justice into judgment uh, on every hidden thing whether good or bad. In other words you all are going to be judged by every, uh, uh, for everything you do. So that is the fifth benefit. Now you can see that these five benefits relate to one another. Acceptance of reality in order to really do that, that's number one. You have to do number two, which is to distinguish between what's in your control and what you, is not in your control. In order to do that, you have to recognize how much of your own suffering is in your own control. That's number three. Recognize how much of your suffering is a result of your own decisions and thinking. That leads to number four, premeditatio malorum, of thinking about the harms that could come to you before they come to you so that you can avoid those harms that are in your control and that you could prepare yourself for the harms that are not in your control. And the ultimate malorum. Uh, in a sense, the ultimate bad thing that can happen to you is death, but realizing that that's an inevitability. And as Rabbi Meir says in the Gemara, uh, you know, Tov Ma'od, God saw that everything is very good. What is that referring to? That's referring to death, whatever that idea is. So um, look, again, I, I'm, uh, I, I can't help but apologize for how fast and overviewy I am uh, going here, but uh, that's what my friend on Facebook wanted. He wanted an overview and a short answer, and uh, I guess 18 minutes is the shortest uh, uh, answer I can give in uh, with any substance. Um, there are many more benefits of Stoicism that uh, that I, uh, you know, that I have uh, obtained. For example, you know, Marcus Aurelius is very, very big into justice and into personal responsibility for helping your fellow human being. That's a big aspect of Mishle, also the Mishle Tzadik. Uh, you know, so I, I find value in that. Uh, there's, you know, the idea of of temporality of the fact that things don't last. Uh, that's another big part of the Stoic teachings. That's another huge theme in Kohelis. That's, you know, a definition of Hevel. Uh, everything is Hevel. Everything is fleeting. Uh, there is uh, a lot in Stoicism about responsibility, about your uh, being a good, uh, they use the muscle of the soldier or the actor playing the part that you were assigned. A lot of that is uh, pertinent to Judaism in terms of of being, you know, uh, obedient to God and and carrying out the mission that you were entrusted with, and not not being able to choose what your mission is or what part you're assigned, but but doing your best to fulfill it uh, responsibly. Um, and then there's all the stuff I disagree with in Stoicism, which I also find value uh, in. Uh, that that there are mistakes that Stoics make, or or positions that they take that are contrary to the Torah. And by seeing the clash between those two areas. 
then I, uh, I, I gain uh, insight into, uh, you know, in, in more insight into Judaism. I mean, I've spoken many times about, about as much as Marcus Aurelius was into uh, justice and, uh, and caring for a human being, there is really not a lot of teachings in Stoicism about, like, Sadaka, as we conceive of it, of and Gemilus Chasadim, you know, doing uh, acts of kindness. Uh, even though there are some teachings, it's not a theme. Uh, similarly, you know, I've I've had episodes about the Stoic attitude towards uh, knowledge and learning, and uh, and how there's no doesn't seem to be an idea of of of, of Torah Lishma in Stoicism and seeking knowledge for its own sake. And, and if anything, it's to the contrary. You know, no idea of Avas Hashem, even though there's tremendous Yiras Hashem. So. Uh, I, I think that, that that is another reason why I like Stoicism uh, and find value in it and how it helps me to become a more fit Evet Hashem. But I got to stop now. I think that experiment, even if it was a bit messy, uh, I think that, that experiment was a success. I guess we'll find out, uh, see what my friend thinks. But now I have an episode that I can refer someone to if they say, if they ask me such a, a, a blunt question of why do you value Stoicism? So there you go. That's it for today. If you've gained from what you've learned here today, please consider contributing to my Patreon at www.patreon.com slash Rabbi Schneeweiss. Alternatively, if you would like to make a direct contribution to the Rabbi Schneeweiss Torah Content Fund, my Venmo is at Matt-Schneeweiss, and my Zelle and PayPal are MattSchneeweiss at gmail.com. Even a small contribution goes a long way to covering the cost of my podcast and will provide me with a financial freedom to produce even more Torah content for you. If you would like to sponsor a day's or a week's worth of content, or if you are interested in enlisting my services as a teacher or tutor, you can reach me at, Matt, at RabbiSchneeweiss at gmail.com. Thank you to my listeners for listening. Thank you to my readers for reading and thank you to my supporters for supporting my efforts to make Torah ideas available and accessible to everyone.